Good morning. Oh, come on now. You can do better than that. Amen. Good morning. Oh, we're getting there. We're warming up. Have you had your coffee this morning? Are you still tired? Amen. Um, I, um, I thank the Lord for um, keeping us safe as we, um, as we traveled uh, yesterday. And um, looking, at, uh, looking at Brother Pigors, it's like, man, uh, he hit the fountain of youth somewhere. You know, jumping up like that. And I don't know if I can do that, especially this early in the morning. Um, I just can't believe it, you know. And um, I don't know if I can do that. But, um, but it's, good to, uh, it's good to see him. And uh, it seems to me that he's uh, getting younger and younger. It, it, he exemplifies that, you know. This morning, I think it does that when I'm here, you know, uh, just to kind of uh, rub my nose in it, you know, and that kind of stuff, you know. But uh, but uh, but he's a really good friend of mine. I really thank God for him, and um, you know, praise the Lord that God is uh, still using him. And um, and so, but anyway, um, we really thank the Lord for giving us opportunity to be here, not only here in South Dakota but in America. Um, with the COVID-19, I'm sure everybody has their own COVID-19 story. Um, you know, the slogan says, we're all in this together. Amen. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know. In, um, in the liberal California, um, it's, you know, they locked, they locked themselves down again, but we were already out of there when they did that. So uh, we escaped. So, uh, so we're here, and as, and as we were moving up north, uh, I could realize that there's two Americas, you know, one in fear and one in, um, in God's hands, so to speak, you know. And, um, and it's amazing that I'll be speaking on fear uh, this morning, and I pray that the Lord will speak to all of our hearts. I don't think anyone's afraid here. Um, where we are in Cal where we're staying in California, um, the church that we're going to, you know, you have to have the mask on um, when you're moving around, but when you sit down, you can take it off. And, um, and it's just amazing uh, to me the difference in the part of the country, you know, as we're, we're moving up uh, through Idaho, uh, Montana, you work in a gas station and you don't hardly see anyone with masks. You see one or two, but you don't hardly see any. And the further you come this way, it's like, COVID-19 just kind of leaped over South Dakota, you know, <laughs> and went to Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, so, but, uh, but praise the Lord. Um, it's just an amazing thing how God, um, there's a real quick um, word of testimony, how God brought us um, here in the States. We were in Nigeria. We didn't have any, we were actually planning on leaving Nigeria April the 30th. And... Um, and because we were bringing Alexa to school at West Coast, and then we we're gonna, actually going to stay for about a year. We're going to wait till Shadi graduates next year. And, um, and so we decided to wait a year um, in the States, uh, April 30. So we started getting news about, um, about the uh, COVID-19 affecting America, and the cases were getting higher and higher. It started out with nothing, then, then 10, I think, and then 100. Um, then in, in Nigeria, there was no recorded any, there was no recorded cases, and so everything was fine and dandy, you know. Um, as uh, March rolled along, then it started to pick up, 
uh, about a hundred, and um, and in America was up in the thousands at that time. And and I said, well, you know, I'm on the right side of the fence. You know, you know, I'm on you know, the lower side. And uh, and I then all of a sudden the airports shut down, and we were hearing news about um, possibly it would open back up uh, middle of April. I think uh, President Trump had mentioned that. He wanted it open by Easter or something like that to that effect. And I said, well, if America opens up, the other countries are going to open up and Nigeria is going to open up. So we had that April 30 markdown. That's when we're traveling. We had bought our tickets and everything. And I was teasing the kids. I said, I'm not going on anyone's terms. I'm going on my term, you know, our term, April 30. And, um, and so they were starting to send emails of um, the embassy planning evacuation flights, you know, from Nigeria. And, um, and I was deleting the emails. I said, I'm not going anywhere, you know. I said, I'm going, we're leaving April 30, you know. That's the date we're leaving. And uh, deleting all the emails, deleting everything. They would, they would say, the, the emails would say, you know, sign up um, just in case, you know, sign up to make sure that you're able to go. The flights could be full at any time. I kept on deleting it, deleting it. I wanted to go nowhere. Um, so then I watched a program on um, on my on the internet on YouTube. Um, Bill Gates came on. I'm not for Bill Gates, but he came on, and um, and he was talking about the European American European countries. Again, hit hard now. At this time, it's up um, 50, 60, 70 thousand in America, uh, reporting cases. And Nigeria was only about um, maybe 300 or 400. And it's rising. And, um, and you know, he said that by the summertime that it's going to flip where the third world countries are going to get hit hard by summer or late summer. And um, when he said that, you know, it scared me that, hey, I must have maybe um, missed out on the opportunity of evacuation flights because I kept on deleting the emails. And um, I will never forget it on, on a Saturday after I watched the program, uh, we're playing basketball, we play basketball with the kids, you know, Saturday or uh, every day. And this time, this particular day was a Saturday evening. And for some reason, I said to miss Benjamin and Shadi because they're still in school. And they've already evacuated, they've already sent all the students home. And it's just Shadi and Benjamin in school. And there's only about 20 students left. And, um, and so, man, I said to myself, you mean to tell me that I'm not going to be able to see my kids for four or five months because the airports were closed. Um, traveling April 30 was, I mean, was done. There was no way that we could do that because the airports were still closed. And, um, and so I said, um, I said, man, I hope I haven't missed the opportunity, you know, start to pray. Um, and then I told my wife that Saturday that, that um, for some reason I, I miss my kids more today than I ever have. And um, I just felt that I'm not going to see them at all because there's no way to travel. And uh, they had canceled services on Sundays and, um, and the next day on Saturday, I get a phone call from the American Embassy and said they have six seats available. And I had already signed up after I realized that, hey, hopefully I haven't missed the opportunity. 
So they said about, they said six seats are available for us if we want to take it. And I said, how much time do I have? And the guy said on the phone that I'm not, I'm not hanging up the phone until you give me a yes or no, because other families are waiting for the evacuation flight. So, but anyway, I told him yes, um, thinking that maybe later on I can say no, so I have more time, you know. And I did not even fathom I was gonna leave before April 30. And so um, they said, okay, you have 72 hours to get to the airport. And um, told the, Alexa's and Timothy's passport had, had expired. And I had already renewed it thinking they were traveling April 30. And lo and behold, within, within about four days, four or five days, the passports were ready. Amazing how God worked. And, uh, and so I told, I told the guy that um, their passport had expired, and he said no one would be allowed to get on the plane without a valid U.S. passport. So I had to travel 10 hours to the north to collect their passports. And um, folks, it's just amazing that, you know, God wanted us here, you know, for some reason or another. And I really thank the Lord that um, he just worked everything out, you know, for us to be here. Um, we could have stayed in Nigeria, but um, they don't have um, the medical facilities that we have here in America. Um, with all the facility medical um, advancement that America has, over 100,000 people die. You know, imagine what it's like in Nigeria right now. Thousands of people are dying. Um, and I pray for Nigeria um, every day that God would just some way, somehow, just help that country. Um, they don't believe in social distancing. They don't believe that there even is a, um, is a virus. Um, if a person dies for that virus, if it's a well-known person, they go and touch the body. You know, you, thousands of people show up at the funeral wanting to touch the body, you know. Um, so, um, so just continue to pray for Nigeria. We're planning again going back um, um, May, um, but it really all depends on you know, what's going on in the country. Um, to God be the glory, and right before we left, we, we had a meeting at the school university, and uh, close to 680 uh, students got saved and uh, gave them Bibles, and the next day they shut the school down because of the virus, you know, so we praise the Lord that God just gave us one more chance um, um, to preach the gospel in Nigeria. So pray for us that God will direct and guide us and, and, um, and uh, lead in a, uh, in a way that, um, that we'll know actually it's him, amen? Um, Romans chapter 8, please. I'll try to go as quickly as I can. Um, it looks like I'm not going to finish, but I'll kind of jump around a little bit so we get the gist of, um, of the lesson this morning. Romans chapter 8, and um, look at what it says in verse number uh, 14. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 14. It says, for as many are, I'm sorry, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For they have not the received, they, mm, I don't know what it is this morning. For they have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby uh, we cry, Abba, Father. Verse number 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, 
that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, um, that we may be glo also glorified together. I want to talk about uh, Satan's favorite fears. Amen. Uh, we're going to talk about fears um, this morning. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for how you guide and direct us, Lord. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for your ever-seeing eyes and um, your, your loving hand as you direct our day-to-day -day activities and how sometimes we get confused. Um, we're not sure of some things. And Lord, we know of the issues that surround the world, the anxiety, the fear in the world um, right now. God, we just ask and pray that you would, um, as children of God, as your children, that you would um, calm our hearts, our spirit. Pray, Lord, that you would um, guide us, direct us, speak to our hearts this morning. Pray, God, that you would guide my words, guide my thoughts. And Father, I know we'll give you the honor and the praise of what you do. Be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, there's a danger if we live by sight and not by faith. Amen. And um, the devil has a special weapon for you if you're constantly living by sight. And the Bible tells us that we ought not to live by sight or live by faith. Amen. And uh, the more we learn about God, the more we read the Bible, the more we uh, get our prayers answered, the more we, um, we're in church, the more we hear preaching, the more we hear um, godly music, uh, the more God speaks to us, it increases our faith. Amen? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Um, a lot of people live their whole life by the effects of physical circumstances. You know, if it's, if it's hot outside, oh, I feel great. You know, if it's cold outside, um, uh, I, I don't want to come outside. I'd rather go to Nigeria where it's 104 degrees in the winter months. Amen? I'm talking to me, man. I don't like the cold, <laughs> you know. Um, there was a time in, in Nigeria that um, um, the, um, there was a guy I, I had hired to cut the grass outside. It was a bush. And um, if you know anything about Nigeria, um, we don't have any fish stories. We have snake stories, man. Lots of snake stories. As a matter of fact, my kids stopped counting at 17 that I've killed. 99.9% um, .9 of those were all cobras, you know. And I'm terrified of snakes, terrified. But something happens when you see it, you know. God just gives you that, that boldness to kill it, you know. So, but anyway, um, they, uh, he, had, he, had, um, he had cleared the area. And uh, when I came outside to check before I pay him, he said, he said, I found a snake, and I've, I, I, and I've killed it. And uh, he grabbed it to show me, and, I, and uh, before he realized, I was in the house, you know. <laughs> and and so, uh, so I ran inside, and I told the kids, hey, kids, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come and see the snake that, um, that uh, this guy had killed. So uh, they all came outside and looked at it, and I was, I was at least uh, uh, 50 feet behind them, you know. And uh, so they came to, close to the snake, and they looked at it, and, and, um, and he held it up in the air like this. And Isaiah, you know, said, Dad, can I, can I you know, uh, can I touch it? And, um, and I said, I said, sure, go ahead and touch it. Mom wasn't around. I said, go ahead, help yourself. And, um, and so he grabbed it, 
and he and he held it up, you know, showing all of us how brave he was, you know, and um, and I said, and I was talking to somebody, I said, um, I wish I was that brave, you know, and uh, and somebody said, oh, in time he's going to lose that um, that um, that braveness. Is that a word? Bravery. Thank you, but uh, thank you, graduate. Amen. That bravery, and um, and. You know, and I said, and I, and I thought, and I said, we develop fear through time. You know, as he gets older, you know, he may have that, you know, he may have the fear of snake if he doesn't go, if he's not around snake much, you know. And um, so we develop fear through time. Some have said the opposite of fear is faith. The Bible says in Romans 5, 7, it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, in Romans chapter one, verse seven, it says the just shall live by faith. Hebrews eleven six, without faith is impossible to please him. Amen. The devil's greatest weapon, I believe, is fear. You know, because if you're afraid to go out on the mission field, you know, then you're walking in disobedience to God. If you're afraid to, um, to get in the car after maybe a car accident or maybe something that's happened has traumatized you, listen now, you'll be stuck at home. You won't be able to do anything. So when you get that fear, you know, um, you're kind of frozen. You really can't do much for God. You know, it was a missionary that, um, that said, I, I can't really quote it real well now, but I'm going to try. It says, um, uh, attempt great things for God uh, and uh, Expect great things from God. There's something about risks that you take when it comes to the kingdom of God. You know, if you're afraid to fly on the airplane, you know, to, how are you going to get to Nigeria? How are you going to get to Africa? How are you going to get to the mission field? You know, there's a lot of fears that we find ourselves in, you know, especially in the day and age in which we live, the COVID-19 age, Amen. The Bible says, look at, what it's, look at what the Bible says in Psalm 9, verse 20. When this thing starts to break out, um, I was reading my Bible, and I just came across this verse, and I said, boy, this nails the thing right on the head. Look at what it says right here in, in Psalm chapter 9, and look at what it says in verse number uh, 20. Psalm 9, verse number 20. Look at what it says. It says, put them in what? Fear, O Lord that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. If you go around, especially in the West Coast, you go around, everybody's living in fear. Everybody's afraid. Oh, what's this? No, I, I, no. It's, we, were in a, we were in a drive-thru yesterday, and, uh, and one thing that I don't like is drive-thrus. Kids know that. I just, for some reason... I just, I just get so nervous about drive-throughs. I, I don't know why. I just don't know why, especially when cars are behind me. You know, I'd rather go into the store one-on-one, -on -one, hey, talk to me, you know, type of thing. But drive-through, it just kind of makes me kind of, you know, antsy. You know, I just don't like drive-throughs. I mess up the orders when, I do the, when I'm driving and they're giving me the orders. I mess it up and, you know, all that stuff. So I, I'll just lean back for my wife to talk, you know, and, uh, and so we did that yesterday. We stopped at a, at a restaurant, and um, so we went through the drive-thru, and this lady was, was taking our order, 
And I, I just don't understand. I just can't hear her. You know, and I said, I don't understand. She's repeating the order, you know, and, um, and I don't understand. So my wife said, she probably had that crazy mask on, you know. And sure enough, as we drove through the, drive, uh, through the window to pay, she had a big old mask on. And I said, man, the least you could do is just take that mask off and talk to us, you know. And uh, so everybody's in fear, especially down in, down in the West Coast, you know. Everybody has masks on. Everybody's walking around. Everybody's afraid. If you're, if you're not six feet between each other, you know, there was a, there was a fight that almost broke out in a grocery store because the guy, the guy wasn't uh, six feet away from her. You know, all kinds of stuff is going on in the world, you know. And, um, and, and the slogan is, we're all in this thing together. Have you seen the billboard sign, you know? Uh, yeah, right, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know. So uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's, what the underlining um, uh, issue is with this COVID-19, but, but, uh, but I feel like I'm in freedom here in South Dakota, amen. And uh, so, but the average Christian are always tempted to fear. 365 times the Bible says, fear not. But two-thirds live in fear. Not all fears are bad. You understand? Not all fears are bad. God has put a mechanism in us for our safety. You know, I'm not going to go and pick up a scorpion. You know, that fear protects us. You know, so not all fear um, is bad. But God has admonished us in the Bible to fear. You know, Isaiah 21, verse 4, let's turn to it real quick. Isaiah 21, um, I wish I had written down um, a lot of these verses for the sake of time, but um, we'll go as far as we can. Um, Isaiah 21, and look at what it says in verse number 4. Isaiah 21 and verse number 4. Isaiah 21, 4, it says, um, My heart panted, fearfulness affrighted me, the night of my pleasure as he turned into fear unto me. What that basically is saying is a time before you got saved. Oh, went out in the world, hung around um, a lot of friends, a lot of people, went bars and, and um, the, um, the, the, dark, the darkest parts of the world and, uh, you know, the, the life that we lived before we got saved. So when we got saved by the grace of God, God put that fear in us. Well, it all, he ought to have, amen, I hope you he, he, he have that fear of your old lifestyle, you know, because once, if we don't have that fear of sin, all of a sudden we're tempted, we're drawn to go back to that world, to that lifestyle. So I don't know about you, but I have that fear of my old life. I have that fear of my old friends. I have that fear of the old places that I used to go. You know, and and if if I hear, oh, there was on the internet there was a there was a guy that um, that I that I worked with during high school and during first years of college, and he realized that I was online on Facebook. I'm not. I don't have Facebook, but um, I um, I don't go into Facebook, but I have the account. And so he noticed. He said, "Hey, is this Yinka?" You know what I did? I turned it off. <laughs> you know, because, you know, maybe that's too extreme. But I'm just simply saying that I have that fear of the whole world. I have that fear. I don't want to hang around that crowd. 
Not that I'm afraid I'm going to fall into sin, but God has put that fear in me to, to realize how dangerous it is to even get close to the sinful world and sinful habits, you know. And, um, and so, but anyway, God has put that fear in us. And also look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse number 13. Isaiah 8 verse number 13. Look at what it says. Isaiah 8 verse 13. It says, sanctify the Lord of hosts himself. And let him be your fear. And let him be your dread. We definitely need to fear God. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 and verse number 25. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 25. Proverbs 29 and verse number 25. Proverbs 29 and verse number 25. The Bible says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. Somebody said this, We fear men much because we fear God so little. What can man do unto us? But we have that fear of man. We have to realize that God controls everything. We forget that God is, in, God is a sovereign God and he, and, and, and he doesn't want us to fear a human being. Yes, they may holler. Yes, they may blow out smoke. Yes, they may, they may, um, they may feel, they, they may look as, um, as a giant in your life, but God is greater than all, amen? We are not to fear man. Nothing passes him without him allowing it. So why does Satan win using the weapon of fear? You know why? Because we let him. Because we let him. The fear of man bringeth a snare. Did you know that 70% of what you fear about statistically never comes to pass? This is 70% of the things that we fear about never comes to pass. Our fear is so small. God gives us the key to unlock many doors, but it's our choice to walk up to the door to unlock it. And that key is the key of faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somebody has said this, don't undo in doubt what you did in faith. How is your faith this morning? We fear, we, we have a fear of accidents, we have a fear of the future, we have a fear of children, we have financial fear, we have fear of death, we have fear of failure, we have fear of heights. But I want to point out three fears that the devil uses in our lives. That cripples us. That causes us not to grow as a Christian. Not to be what God wants us to be. Number one, very quickly, the fear of correction. The fear of correction. I wrote in my Bible in Hebrews chapter 2. Just turn to it real quick. Hebrews chapter 2. And um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 6. I wrote in my Bible, no pain, no gain. Amen. 
when you're lifting weights or you're exercising or whatever, boy, if you, if you exercise five minutes and there's no pain, hey, you haven't gained anything. Amen? You have to, you have to put that, uh, that weight into, um, into, um, into motion to have the gain that you want. Um, body exercises and bodybuilding and, and running and whatever the case may be. Listen now, if you don't feel that pain, hey, you ain't done nothing. Amen? Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter number, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 6. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 6. I hope I'm in the right place. No, that's not it. Anyway, I'll keep going. Um, you will be a happy Christian if you allow God to correct you. A lot of times we feel that, um, I, you, know, Lord, you know, just, you know, I don't, I don't want to have you to correct me and, and um, I'll take care of it, you know. And a lot of times the Bible says that um, before, I, before, before, uh, um, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy commandments? You know, it's, it's easy to, uh, to live day by day, and, and, um, and a lot of times when we, when we stray away from God, it, we think that it's only a week, we think it's only like two weeks, but months have gone by because God is a long-sovereign God. Because God doesn't take a hammer and hit us upside the head when we, when we stray away, we think that, oh, maybe we've got away with it. And, um, but when the, when the hammer comes, we go back and look and see how far away we've been from God. When we sin and we get away from God's will, listen now, time goes by so fast, but you think it's slow. Before you know it, you're doing things that you knew since you've been saved that you knew you'll never do, and all of a sudden you've strayed away. It does, it's not just one time. It's not just one day. It's a process, and God said, look, I've got to correct you, and I've got to, because I love you, you're my child. If you don't hear or if you don't see any correction in your life, hey, check up on your salvation. God's not, never going to leave us in sin. He's coming after us. So we have to realize that God is patient with us. And you, you will be a happy Christian. I will be a happy Christian if, you, if we allow God to correct us. The Bible says in Job chapter 5, verse 17, even though he's one of his friends that said this, he said, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, of the Almighty. For he maketh sore and bindeth up, he woundeth, and his hands make whole. Sometimes we get bitter against God, and because God is putting us through this issue and through this problem and through this hardship, and we tend to think, oh, God has something against me, and, and God is not blessing me like brother so-and-so. God is not blessing me like sister so-and-so. And, and you feel that, that um, they're all, you're all alone, all by yourself, and you start to get bitter instead of get Listen, now God, when God puts things in our lives, he doesn't expect for us to be bitter, but better. Amen? And it's through, the, it's through the heat, it's, it's through the grinding, it's through the chipping away, it's through things that, that God puts in our lives to help us to be more like him. But we don't like correction. Let us come boldly into the throne of grace and we will obtain mercy and help, help in time of need. In spite of the chasing, God still wants us to come close to him. 
because he loves us. The end product is to be more like Christ. Very quickly, number two, I just have just a few more minutes. Number one, the fear of, um, the, the, the fear of correction. The secondly, the fear of conflict, trials. Why me? Why me? No, I don't want to go through trials. I want God's blessing in my life, and I want it to be, always be sunshine. But listen now, in order for us to appreciate the sun, sunshine, in order for us to appreciate the blessing, we're going to have to go through the storm. We're going to have to go through trials to appreciate the sunshine. You might be passing through a trial this week. You might be going through hardship this month. But we don't want that. You know, every time things are going really well for me and everything is going fine and dandy and in the back of my mind, I'm wondering that when is the trial coming? I don't want the trial. I'll do real good. I'll walk the tightrope and I'll be obedient to God and I'll be in church. I'll be so winning. I'll be reading my Bible. I'll be praying. I'll be memorizing scripture. I'll be, I'll be faithful, witnessing. I'll be doing all that because I don't want the trials in my life. <laughs> But guess what? It's going to come anyway. Because there are times, listen now, there are times in your life and in my life that we have some things in our lives that we don't see. But when we go through trials, when we go through tribulation, that's when those things come up and we see it. Oh, yes, Lord, I see it. Now, oh, I got to get rid of this thing in my heart. I got to get rid of this thing. Oh, I'm not as faithful as I thought I was. Oh, I'm not, a, I'm not obedient to God like I thought I was. Listen, now, when we are having all the blessings and all the good things and the sunshine, we don't see our problems in our hearts and in our lives. It's the problems, it's the, it's the heat of affliction. That's what brings up the things in our lives that we need to get rid of. But it's natural to be afraid of trials, conflict. But it's going to come. If I told you right now that we're going through the biggest trial that I've ever been to, ever been in in my life, you won't believe me. I don't know how many times that I've shed tears in a month, maybe in a year. Oh, you're a big missionary. Oh, 13 years missionary. All the souls have gotten saved. And, and, uh, and uh, I'm being in Nigeria and, and uh, seeing the, the, the ministry uh, that God has given us and enjoying it. Oh, traveling and visiting churches. Oh, wonderful. But trials came. And there's some things in our lives as a family, the things in our lives individually in our family that, that God said, hey, you need to work on this and you need to, you, know, you need to look at this thing here and you need to, I, I'm working things out for you, for, for your good. I, I remember, I remember, um, oh, 1020. Did you say 1020? Woo! I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. There's a friend of mine that he didn't realize it. But here's what he said to me. I'm going to read you the text. He said this. He said, how are you? Are you on state side? I need to be praying for you 
and your ministry, remember God is in control. He didn't know. Then I replied to him. I said, hey, brother, how are you? How are your family? We're on stateside. American embassy evacuated, blah, blah, blah. Then he said, something tells me trouble is on the way for you. The devil is after you, my brother, but God is greater. This was at 3.28 a.m. on a Wednesday. Oh, wonderful. Everything is going good. But trouble came. What are you passing through? What are you going through? Um, is everything just fine and dandy? Hey, don't be afraid of the trials. It makes us to be more like Christ. Amen. 